What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host this week, Brennan Tassif. And as always, I am joined by my good friend, Headphone Joe, Mr. Joe Dorber. What is up, man? What up? What up? What up? I can talk at regular volumes <laughs> again. The voice has been high relaxed. energy. Oh, yeah. Taken care of. Your boy's back in full effect. Let's do this. Beanie Boy is back. Oh, yeah. So if you're new to the show, quick rundown of how we're going to do this. We will start the same way we start every week with some of the biggest topics and some of the most major sports. Then we will go into the quick hits, which is three to five questions that Joe and I are going to pose to each other. Just kind of go back and forth on quick hits. Then we will do our walk off, which is an essay portion or sometimes Joe just reads stuff. I I went off. Uh, Did you? Okay. And then... uh, we will get into the press conference, which is us peddling our wares. But first, let's start the week this week the same way we do every week with the kickoff. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Oh, here we go. All right. Big news. Bump, 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 bump. NFL is back. So we are going to do some power rankings this week and next week. Before we get into that, though, some huge injury news coming out of the preseason. Uh, the biggest of which will be J.K. Dobbins starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens out with an ACL tear for the season. Ooh. Joe, what are your thoughts? Um, this is gruesome. This is uh, this is a huge shot to the Ravens, even though. They're just going to plug and play whoever they can in that backfield. And the running game is kind of based off scheme. But losing a dynamic dynamic, uh, talent like that in the backfield, second year man, he was able to replace Mark Ingram last year. Um, I was given the notification by one of my buddies that when it happened and him getting carted off the field and everything, and I was just like, that that sucks ass. Yeah, that's not good. Um, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Tyson Williams and Nate McCrary are their uh, other running backs. None of those names stand out, but I talk about it all the time. The names don't stand out until they do stand out. So we'll see if someone can step up. Like you said, uh, plug Speaking and play. Running back out, is though. one of the most. Speaking of names stand out, I did hear rumblings of they may pursue Todd Gurley, who's still unemployed. Yeah. Okay. I thought that's all right. Yeah. That's um, something I had heard too. So we will see what happens with that. Um, but running back is one of the most plug and play positions in the NFL. Cause like you said, it's especially with their scheme mm-hmm. and the threat of Lamar taking off, it really opens up. We saw what happened with RG three in 2012 with the uh, Washington football team, that uh, RPO option kind of style offense. So we'll see what happens, but he was by that, far the that, starter. It wasn't was, a running was, back by was, committee. Was, was that, was that a shot at your boy? That was what a real mean? shot at your boy. No, that was a thinly veiled shot. Oh, at Alfred I, see Morris. <laughs> I mean, it's not a shot at Alfred, but I mean, he did break a bunch of records as a six round pick at running back. And I think the option style had a lot to do with that because everyone was so worried about RG three that maybe it opened up some stuff for him. That's all I'm saying. I Nobody loves Alfred Morris more than I do. So it's not this is not a shot. So you're saying he would not be able to hit some of those will gaps. That. If it wasn't for RG3's presence, to I don't. Open up let's, some we're of getting off track. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins was clearly the number one there. This was not a running back by committee in Baltimore. It was his job, and now it's gone. So I think they'll plug and play. I think, like you said, they are worse off. 
um, for some of his uh, productivity. But I, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be all right. I don't think this is going to ruin their season. Mm, I feel you on that. Anything Speaking else on J.K. Seasons, Dobbins? Because we've got no? another. No, no, no. Yeah. Go ahead. You steer it up, buddy. Steer Speaking up. of season-ending injuries. I don't know if it's season-ending. Uh, it? Speaking of injuries, no, it's five to eight weeks. But okay. this is someone who's hurt all the time. Ladies and all gentlemen, you probably already guessed who we're talking about. T.Y. Hilton. All the time. The man who could get hurt playing chess. All out the time? With, yeah, he's injured every year. Out. Yeah. I, I don't think you know who T.Y. Hilton is. This is not true. Maybe in the last um, two I believe years, I do. He is an FIU product, so I'm very aware who T.Y. Hilton is. But he's not consistently injured on a, on a year-in, year-out basis. Give me his give me his games played by year. Go. I, oh, I'm pulling I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> Ty, um, this is the reason that I put this on the rundown is just in a long list of other players hurt on this team. Uh, it does not help or benefit them. Now they are very deep at the receiver position, and it was a bit of a luxury to bring Ty back to the team. So I don't think it's gonna throw them off that much. But this is a team that needs everybody running at a hundred. Uh, they don't really need people catching up. This is a team that has very high hopes and there, and it relies on the chemistry the receivers have with Carson Wentz. So missing Ty would not help for that reason. Um, but this is a team that is. I retract my ready. previous statement. Thank you, thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. Um, but this is a team yeah. that is definitely playoff ready, and they have <laughs> their sights set on the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see and monitor the situation with Ty going forward. I just remember being so frustrated because I had him in fantasy a few years in a row and he was always seemed to be like, oh, no, questionable. No, no, we don't know if he's going to play this week. Luck but was always hurt. That His might be. Okay. Were never that makes consistent. more sense because. Yeah, because since he's been in the league, it's 15, 16, 15, 16, 16, 16, 14, 10, 15. So yeah, like, even last year he played about? a lot. I just remember. <laughs> Just you know how it is when you have those guys on fantasy and like they have one bad week and you're like this guy always fucking sucks. <laughs> one he's all he might always have a questionable so, next to his name, but he's always there. Yeah, but yeah, he's super important. Like you said, that team needs to be running on all cylinders because it is a lot of moving parts, um, especially with bringing in Carson and everything like that. So this is a blow to them. Luckily, they play in a division that's not looking very good this year and we're actually going to get into that right now power ranking so ladies and gentlemen let's be honest gentlemen we are going to do power no, rankings we're going to start Don't this week with we do have ladies uh, we're going to start this week 32 through 17 shot Kelly Bo. so we're going to start with 17 we're going to start with seven. Yes, do you want to start with 17 and then work our way down? Yeah. Brennan was a little confused when I initially presented this to him because I said, we should go from 17 to 32. He was like, no, we should go up. And I was like, no, because if we go up, then we already know who's last. See, if we go down, then the last team is a reveal. Do you still think absolutely. I'm crazy? So I've got mine. Do you, do you still think? No, I think you're absolutely right. Oh, okay. So okay, cool. I have mine in, I have mine in tears. So just with the way the tiers are going to work, I'm going to do uh, 21 through 32 just because I don't want to get into my next tier because that's a lot that's going to bleed into next week. So I'll save that for next week. So, Joe, you start us off. Go go through what you got. All right. I thought we'd just go one for one. Or do you well, want to go? I've got mine tier. in tiers. Okay, so how, gonna... how are your tiers set up? How many teams per tier? So okay. I can do it that way for so you. Per, 
Got it. So per tier, I've got um, my bottom tier is fighting for the number one pick. I have two teams in that tier. Two years away from being two years away, I've got five teams in that tier and then barely good enough to blow it all up. I've got, that's probably my second most with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in that tier. Eight in that tier. That's a lot in the tier. Okay, let's go yeah. four for four then. You okay. Like okay. So that's 17. Yeah, we can do that. 16 teams make the playoffs now, right? Or is it 14? I probably should have known this. Okay. All right. So not just missing the playoffs. But at 17, this team is going to have a hard schedule. This team is in a tough division. The Arizona Cardinals. At number 18. Arizona. All right. Number 18. They still won't reveal who their starting quarterback is. And I don't think it's really going to matter. I've changed my opinion on how this team will look going forward. So many times, the New England Patriots. Wow. Brennan, there comes a time where you have to let your quarterback go out to pasture. And this team doesn't have a backup that can successfully take over. They have a solid defense, but all the other teams in their division keep getting better. Except one team. We'll talk about them way later. Brennan, I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to miss the playoffs this year. They're going to miss the playoffs and they're going to have a losing record. Okay. They're going to have a losing record. First time for Tomlin. I'm sorry, but it's going to happen. And last but not least, this team, bit on the cusp. I don't know how I feel about their QB position, but, you know, maybe maybe a caretaker could help turn things around for them. But as of right now, the Denver Broncos are number 20 for me. Okay. So like I said, the way I did mine was in tears. So I am going to, so for me this week, I'm going to do 21. I'm going to start at 21 instead of 17, just because like I said, my next tier up has about eight teams in it. And so that'll bleed into next week. So my barely good enough to not blow it up is going to be 21 through 26. But four of the teams I have in there, Arizona Cardinals, Chicago Bears. Oh, so you're keeping the 17. You son of a bitch. Yeah. No, because my other tier has like, uh, has um, 20 through like 13. I do tiers because of the same argument we get in all the time. You cannot definitively say, oh, this seems better than that. You can be like, they're about the same. Some have good, some have bad. I'm going to fire you like Stephen A. did Max Coleman. (laughs) 21, <laughs> 21 through 26. Um, four, I'll just do four of the teams. So Arizona Cardinals, Chicago Bears, Pittsburgh Steelers, and then the Denver Broncos. So that's four of those teams. Wow. So we had, what, two two teams that lined up there? Yeah, I've got a couple more in this tier. Barely good enough to not blow it up. But let, I'm going to let you go with your next four, and then I'll get into the last of this tier. All right. Next four up. This is where it kind of gets tough for me. Next four up. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields has looked good. You and the mainstream media have beaten all the enthusiasm out of him. I'll get to that later. Talking about bulletin board material and the the, the game's too fast. Don't say things like that. Now he's backtracking. Kid just wanted to be a kid. But I got Chicago Bears there. After that, 
There's no magic in Washington, folks. Fitz Magic and the Washington football team will be out of the playoffs. And then, who do I have left here? Should I just double that right there? I'm going to go ahead and double that right there. This team also in the same division as the Giants. Damn it. Same division as the Washington football team. It's the Giants. <laughs> All right. And then after that, mm, gets tough here. But the Las Vegas Raiders. Right after that. All right. So I did my math wrong. This is 19 through 26 because I have 18 in this tier. Um, so I was. I was close enough. And by when I say barely good enough to blow it up, I did do I did. A, I was a little more intricate. Um, so I have these teams winning six to eight games, just enough to where they're not going to fire everybody. Um, my next four, believe it or not, uh, line up pretty precisely with Joe. So in the same same staying in the same tier, I've got the Giants, the Raiders, the Cowboys um, and the Colts. So total Colts. in all eight teams in this tier is going to. Yes, I have the Colts in this tier. You do not All believe eight the Colts teams in this tier for man. me. This is odd. The Giants, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Bears, the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the Colts, I have barely good enough to blow it up. I'm predicting them all to win between six and eight games. You, your vendetta with the, it, it has to be an interdivisional thing. Yeah, it's a totally interdivisional I was thing. Say, it's just an interdivisional thing. Like, they're better than that. All right. Okay. So we got the next four. Did I mess this up somehow? I might have messed this up. Who knows? Uh, don't, don't give me two seconds. Okay. So next. Next squad up. <clears throat> the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Wow. I think I put them too high, honestly. But the Atlanta Falcons, not good. I just these are teams. Wow. That just, I'm just not. I high went the up. other way with the Falcons. Really? Wow. I don't understand how. But yeah, you not will good. not hear the Falcons come out of my mouth this week. It'll be next week. Unbelievable. Plain not good in my book. After that, after uh, and for the Falcons, I have. Hmm. I'm doing mine in real time, folks. I didn't have a lot of time this week. Uh, So those teams are there. This might this might shock you, Brennan. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals. So what number is that? That is twenty seven. It's twenty seven. Okay, Cincinnati Bengals. The next one's going to shock you even more. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. 28. 28. Jacksonville Jaguars. 29. This may be my bias. But they're probably not this bad. I just don't have high hopes for anything that happened this offseason. The Philadelphia Eagles. I thought I was going to get more of a reaction out of you there. Definitely thought I was gonna get more reaction. You know? No, I we're we're right on the same page. I got him in the same oh, spot. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and after that, only because this team goes down, only because they lost one of their premier pass rushers. Even though they just signed somebody, I'm not gonna really talk about it much because they're after this. 
Um, but the Detroit Lions coming in at 30. Okay. So my next tier is going to be um, two years away from being two years away. These are going to be um, bottom feeders, but not truly bottom feeders. They're not. I've got three teams below these four, but the next four are the Cincinnati Bengals, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New York Jets. So that'll kind of make up my 27 through 30. Um, the reason for this, obviously, I think these teams are going to be better with their, especially with the rookie quarterbacks, the or second year quarterbacks, younger guys. But I think it takes time for that to happen. So I, I, last team. I'm predicting these teams to have three to five wins. Yeah, you do know. After what we just talked about, you do know my last team. I'm yeah. predicting all these teams to have three to five wins. So they're going to be on the upswing, but it's not going to be awesome, I guess, is where I'm going with that. Okay. My last two, the Jets, uh, after Carl Lawson got hurt, I, I, that was kind of what they were hoping on to get generate some type of pass rush on that defense. Um, Wilson has looked okay in the preseason, but a lot of second team people he's playing against, not first team guys. So that'll be interesting just to see how that all plays out. I may be wrong. This is power ring. These aren't where they're going to be set in stone. These are where we think they are currently. And last, the Houston Texans. Yep. Not much Boom. more. So my that. last two teams... Fighting for the number one pick, Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans. I think with the Lions, um, just I don't think Goff is going to be able to get that going. I think they're going to be like a rough and tumble team, but I just don't think they're going to be able to put it together. History tells us they won't be able Man, to put it together. Almost linked up, even though I was it is about to put them last with that Carl. Remembering the Carl Lawson injury is why I put the Jets at thirty-one. Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense, but I've got the Texans as dead last, but uh, I put them in there with Detroit. I wanted to, <clears throat> I almost forgot the Carolina Panthers. I almost forgot to put in this bottom tier, which is, I think where they deserve, but they're not in the very last one. I have them in barely good enough to blow it up. So I've got actually 18, 18 through 26 in that tier. And that's so annoying. Yeah. So I was right there. I was right, almost right on board with the, Max with the Gellman, exercise. If you so, want, uh, if you need a new job, <laughs> my, uh, so in order, starting from the bottom to the middle, fighting for the number one pick, I've got the Texans and the Lions. Then two years away from two years away, I've got the Jags, the Bengals, the Jets, and the Eagles. And then barely good enough to blow it up. My second biggest tier, I've got the Giants, Broncos, Raiders, Cowboys, Bears, Cardinals, Steelers, Colts, and the Panthers. Bottom to the top, I got the Houston Texans, the Jets, Detroit, Philadelphia, Jacksonville, Cincinnati. The Eagles are probably going to be better than Jacksonville. I just, I don't, I'm just upset with the team. Um, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Las Vegas. I can't believe you have Atlanta in a a, a better tier than this. Um, Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. I've Giants, got Atlanta in the Let's Go tier. Chicago, Carolina, Denver, Pittsburgh, New England, and Arizona. Did you not have New England in this side? Nope. Wow. New England's in the Let's Go tier, too. Wow. The Let's Go tier, which we'll get to next week, but I'm going to tease it across the week. The Let's Go tier is teams that are going to be close to double-digit wins, maybe double-digit wins, going to have a fighting chance in the playoffs. Let's go that tier. I've got a couple of those teams in that one. Unbelievable. Uh, also, huge news. It's not breaking news at this point, and we uh, bury the lead, but we haven't talked about it. But Gardner Minshew, the love of oh Jacksonville, my gosh. Florida. I tried not to talk the about this Duval at all. Till we die. You're doing a whole walk-off um, on this. Oh, no, I don't think we need it. to talk about this. I'm doing... No, I'm doing a walk off on what Gardner Minshew meant to us in Jacksonville, <laughs> okay. but I did want to inform the listeners. This is he not has a been story. traded. This to, is a non story. Get this. 
Get this, this non-story. karma universe. All the shit Joe talked, and then Garner Minshew gets traded to his Philadelphia Eagles to be the third, to compete with Jalen, third string quarterback <laughs> behind Joe Flacco, obviously. Okay, we'll see how it goes, but just <laughs> want to throw that out there. Um, Garner Minshew, the gladiator, is now that, uh, a Philadelphia Eagle. Dinner on whether or not he starts four games this year. Yo, we've totally got that dinner now it's that he's with the Eagles. Definitely not happening. I witness. It's <laughs> definitely happening. Jalen Hurts is going to be hurt, baby. Let's go right through it. Beautiful transition. Now we're going to everyone's favorite part of the week. Major League Baseball talk where Joe tells me stuff and I don't look up any kind of statistics. I just go on what I know, baby. I sent you a hyperlink in one of those, by the way. You should probably check that out when we get to that discussion. Or you're going to be floundering like a sea bass. Um, so, Brennan, the Padres have slid all the way out of playoff positioning. They are now behind, I think it's the Cincinnati Reds, who have lost two straight to the Miami Marlins, by the way. Shout out, shout out. Um do you think they put too much stock into the season uh, playing Tatis, even though he was injured at many a points? Do you think they gambled the present for the future? And do you think they can rally to get back into playoff position and not waste what was a very hopeful year? Yeah, I, um, I mean, we talked about this before. I, I think they should have, not play Tatis because you're mortgaging the future of your franchise on the fact that you're going to win now and you were already sliding. So I think it was a, not the best idea to play him. I mean, I understand it obviously from a competitive standpoint, but it's not, I, I didn't work out very well. Um, I think, I don't think they're going to make any kind of noise. Uh, I think this just, just gets worse. Um, and hopefully everyone can come back healthy next season. But again, this is just, I don't know. It's one of those things. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. You know, when coaches make calls and everyone's like, oh, if this doesn't work, they're an idiot. If it works, they're a genius. It's that same kind of thing. It's like the front office is like, well, we'll play him. If we make a run, then all of a sudden we're in the playoffs. We look like, yeah, of course you wouldn't give up on the season. But then if it doesn't work out, everyone's like, why the fuck would you risk our most valuable player? So it's just a it's a it's a what did they call it? A rock in a hard place for them. I I I. They've said it on the show. I was under the impression they should shut him down. Better luck next year. But, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah, but, I mean, they're right there. They're only two games back of the Reds. And like I said, the Reds are not a Jekyll and Hyde team, but the Reds are liable to lose anybody. They're currently down 2-0 to the Marlins today. And they lost to the Marlins yesterday, giving up big runs to uh, Jorge Alfaro and Jesus Sanchez. Um but oh, yeah, yeah it's shout out my team, the Marlins. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, I think I think the problem with the Padres was they counted on having better pitching um, and the pitching that oh, they yeah. went out and got because they went out and got a bunch of guys. They went out and got you, Darvish. They went out and got Blake Snell. And those guys haven't been as shut down as they would have hoped they would have liked. Um, They haven't been bad, but they're not the shutdown rotation that they thought they were going to have so much. So they even went on to fire their pitching coach this year. 
uh, a couple days ago. You Darvish has nearly a four ERA. Blake has over a four. Paddock has been hurt. Um, was Lamette has been hurt. Like just the health from their pitching rotation, as well as uh, Tatis coming in and out of the lineup. And even though Tatis is in and out of the lineup, he's still been performing at MVP level. Um, but yeah, just their pitching rotation as well as their relievers just haven't been where they thought they probably were going to be. But speaking of that MVP battle, Brennan, beautiful segue, beautiful segue. Speaking of the MVP ballot, uh, battle, we talked about the AL MVP for those that don't know, I don't know how you don't know, but in baseball, they divided between the, this is really me just explaining it to Brennan. They divided for the AL and the NL. (laughs) So, because they're two different leagues, they have two different sets of rules. So there's not a unanimous for one whole thing. So we've talked about Shohei Otani and he's damn near a guarantee. It's because I don't interrupt you. It's, it's because of the different rules. It's because of the different rules, yeah. Okay. I, to be honest with you, I knew there was two different MVPs, but I, I was always just like, oh, maybe just because they want to separate the conferences. I didn't realize it was because the rules... I knew there were different rules, but I didn't realize they were that it's a couple variant things. to so where they were like, we have, to, we have to have two different... It's because of the different rules, and also, I don't think it was until like... <laughs> A real historian is going to kill me, but like 20, 25, 30 years ago, maybe until there started being interleague play where the AL teams would play the NL teams. Okay. So that used to be such a a rarity where, yeah, it was like you're, it was like, say, the NFL and the AFL, they would have two different uh, MVPs because there are two different leagues in general. Um, so yeah, that's okay. one of the that things makes a lot that more sense. I'm going. sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. No, you're good. Um, we're doing great on time for once in our lives. Um, so yeah, so Brennan, who do you think is going to win the yes. NL MVP? Now, I will tell you the top five. The top five is Fernando Tatis, Bryce Harper, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner. So interesting. The Dodgers have two in the top five. Um, and then they've got and this and the odds that you had sent me, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys in these odds. The Dodgers have six players in the odds to win NL MVP. But out of the top five, you already know who I'm going with. I'm going with Bryce. Just kidding. I hate Bryce yeah. Harper. I'm going with Fernando Tatis Jr. My man just what can you say about him? This dude's insane. He's a great player. Other than the injury concerns, he's all over the field. He is hitting like crazy. I like his energy. I like how outgoing he is. He's great for the camera. And that's what the MVP is. A lot of times it's a storyline on top of the numbers. So I got Tatis. He's favored now at minus 300, which means you would have to bet 300 to win 100. Bryce Harper coming in second at plus 500. So he's five to one. So I'm I'm going Fernando Tatis. Can you explain this to me, please, real fast? So when you say you have to bet 300 to make 100, does that mean you walk away with $400? Yeah. So you have the 300 that you walked in with, you get back, and then $100. Okay, I was always confused. So the minus just basically means wait. So I spend three hundred and I just walk away with one hundred. I feel like this is wrong. (laughs) No, no, no. It's so it's one of those things where it's like a given. 
that you get the money you put in back automatically. So minus 300 means you'll lose $300, but obviously you get the money you invested back, but you're losing 300 on the bet. Whereas plus 500 is, um, I said five to one. It's not, uh, yeah, plus 500 is five to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you bet 100, you win 500. Good. That's what makes these kind of, like Joey Votto, I don't know how this guy, he's seventh. I don't know in the ranking right now. I don't know how this guy is still in the running for MVP. I mean, I'm sure his numbers are good, but I feel like he's been in the running for MVP for like a decade. <laughs> decade plus. Um, yeah, that dude, that's crazy. Yeah, Votto is a, a consistent machine. Trust me, I know. He had like two homers on the Marlins a week ago. Two different games. It was very Did he funny. really? Yeah, it's very Isn't funny. he like 40 years old? Yeah, he had, a, he had a run this year where he hit seven homers in seven straight games. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. He almost, he, he was going, Joey the record Vada. is eight. And he, well, he would have set the record at eight. The record is currently seven, seven straight games. But yeah, no, Joey Votto is, turned back the hands of time. Um, 37 years old, man. I was about to say, he's just consistent as all hell. That's the thing. I was about to say, there was a run where for like four years, I'm, I'm obviously botching the numbers here, but he had an insane run where like he hadn't popped up in the infield in like, seasons it was seasons between the last time he popped up in the infield until the next time he did so um he had a th- plus he had a, a batting average over 300 from 2007 to 2017 and then it just barely dipped from 17 to 21 yeah no he's, he's his worst year was 2020 at 22 he's consistent God, that's insane all right but i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little i have a different I have a different candidate for MVP. You have a different yes lineup as far as the MVP. All right, keep it going. I, my dog's barking, so I'll be right back. But you keep it going. Okay, who I have for NL MVP? Oh, I didn't want him to take the headphones off. He should be able to hear this. This guy's a clown. My pick for NL MVP. This is the second time in a, in a, in a week that I've had to do this on my own because everybody I trust just walks away from me. My pick for NL MVP is he's walking back, so I'm gonna give him time to come back. There he is. My pick for NL MVP is Trey Turner. What product out of Boynton Beach, Florida? Trey Turner, one of the fastest guys in the league. He leads the NL in batting average. Leads the NL in hits. He has over 20 homers. He leads the NL in stolen bases. Now. I mean, he probably wouldn't if Tatis was healthy all year round because Tatis is only two stolen bases behind him. But best ability is availability. Trey Turner, aside from missing one stint due to COVID, I think it was contact tracing, um, and that's when he got traded to the Dodgers. Trey Turner has been consistent as all hell. Um, And I think think they're going to want him to face. I think him being in the Dodger uniform, also being on a playoff team is going to help with that push. Um, so yeah. I'm yeah, that gives you definitely Trey underlying Turner. motivation. I'm going to go with Trey Turner and watch neither of our guys. Underlying win motivation, being on a winning months. team, baby. Yep. You know who loves a winner? The reporters who vote for these things. All right. Ain't that the truth? Here we go. Moving on. Make a great time. Game hits. Quick hit. You think he'd learn when I 
just stopped talking that I'm about to hit a drop. <laughs> but he just talks right through. Well, just so everyone knows, we're burning, we're burning, we're burning the candle at both ends. Ball is life, and I got to go ball out of yeah. control after this recording. Very true, very true. All right. Brennan. Quick hits, quick, quick hits. Quick. Yes. Quick. We're going to start with NCAA football, baby. Yeah, I was like, you're, you're showing me. You're leading the show this week, buddy. I just do baseball. I know. Here we go. So, Chip Kelly uh, has a huge win, um, blowout, a route, if you will, against at a conference opponent, Hawaii, University of Hawaii. Um, but I did want to bring this up to you. So Chip, I believe they're still the rainbow. When I wrote the um, walk off about Colt Brennan, they were still coming up as the rainbow warriors. Okay. Just making sure. I just didn't know if they changed the um, years. But Chip Kelly is 11 and 21 and his time there at UCLA he is Whoa. always on the hot seat. Um, he was very good at Oregon. Nobody can, you know, disparage him that. But since getting to UCLA, they played in one Rose Bowl, and then it's been kind of ugh since then. Uh, they, like I said, they routed you Hawaii. It, it was a big Bowl? win, but yeah. Wow, I didn't even know that. I thought or it he was, was UCLA's last Rose Bowl. Maybe it was right before. It might have been right before because I felt like he was asked as soon as he stepped off the plane in Westwood. Yeah, because I don't think he did. He that might have been what it was. I don't think he no. coached Rosen. So you're right. Yeah. So I think Rosen was the last time they got there. Speaking of Chosen, Rosen, Rosen. Cut, yeah, yeah, okay, getting let go by again. But he signed in Atlanta. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Is yeah. he really? Yeah, yeah, he got signed in Atlanta because um, who was the quarterback that was backing up Stafford got hurt? Whoever was backing up Stafford, whoever was backing up Matt Ryan towards ACL, so they went inside Josh Rosen. They went and signed Josh Rosen. Okay, so their most recent appearance, they've been to twelve Rose Bowls. Um, five, three, ba, 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 five losses, five wins, two losses. Last victory was in jam. Ba, 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 ba. Sorry, I'm trying to read this on the fly. Um, anyway, Chip Kelly, is he still on the hot seat after the big win against Hawaii? Yes, because the UCLA does not set their standard by beating Hawaii. Now, he's lost two games. He's lost twice to Cincinnati. He's lost twice to Oklahoma. Um, before this, he was 0-6 in non-conference games. Um, you already set his record since getting there. I think he was like, I, I think he had a, a season where he was not going to win a game, if memory serves me correctly, like a year or two ago. So Kip Kelly should be on the hot seat. The boy genius, the world has caught up to him. when he, Like you said, when he was leaving Oregon, everybody thought he was the greatest thing on earth. When his first year with the Eagles, we all thought he was the greatest thing on earth. And then Two years later, he's fired because everybody hates him at that point in the NFL. So he had a choice to go between uh, the Florida Gators, boy, I wish he did right now, or go to UCLA. <laughs> and yeah, he's someone who believes in the... He's somebody so caught up in the mythology of himself that he thinks he doesn't have to recruit talent. He can just recruit... Uh, yeah, he's too big. Uh, stati not statistics, but... He can just recruit body types and then Analytics. develop them, develop them into what he wants on the field. So that's kind of his issue. Brennan, figure out this dog yeah, situation. So, um, you know just what, real, wouldn't be doing this. A cat. Real, 
Real quick. Hey, don't like the dogs. <laughs> I love my doggies. Uh, real quick. Uh, corrections and observations. So the last time UCLA went to the Rose Arizona Bowl was 1999 mission. and they lost. Yeah, I'm about to say that, no yeah, way. Thank you, Arizona mission. But what I was saying, what I meant to say was the last time they ever went to a bowl game was right before Chip Kelly got there ah. in 2017 in which they lost to... You're not going to believe this. FAU? Kansas State, 1735 oh, wow. at the Cactus Bowl. So, um, wow. And that was with, uh, and that was right before he got there. That was with uh, Jed Fish as their head coach. Anyway, moving on. I completely agree with everything you said. Chip Kelly thinks he's too big for the system, too big to fail. Uh, I think he's on the hot seat. If they have a losing record this year, he is out of there. So, speaking of losing records and losing in horrible fashion, Big powerhouse of a college football team, not for many years, but at once was winning national championships or competing in national championships. Nebraska lost to the fighting Illini of Illinois. Wow. Nobody saw this coming. I believe Nebraska was a 17 point favorite in this wow. game and they lost in big fashion. Okay. Like I have big two fashion. questions. I have two it was, questions pertaining to the. Oh, no. Continue. Continue your stats. I'm sorry. So um, Illinois got a safety to start the game. It was wow. 20. Let me see if I'm reading this right. It was 30 to uh, 16 going into the fourth quarter. And then Illinois came back, uh, scored six points in the fourth. So it ended up being 22 to 30. But still, the, you can't. You're the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Like, I understand that you've had a down couple of years, but you can't. couple of years? Lose to the fighting Illini years? of Illinois. Have they been good since like 2001? Well, let's pull it up. <laughs> oh my god, this is not the pull up podcast. Um, two questions as you do the pulling up. Uh and when when I say that, they better you you only give me a season a season above nine wins. Anything under that, don't even mention it to me. It's college football we're talking about. All right. But um I have two questions. One, is Tito Martinez still their quarterback? I feel like he was there for 13 years. Second, did Scott Frost sell his home in Orlando because he has to be kicking himself in the head to have left what was what he made into a good job at UCF and to go to Nebraska and just repeatedly get their head caved in week after week after week? Yeah, that was another big thing was the fact that no, Tito Martinez is no longer there. He's uh, no longer there. He's not a thirty-year-old senior. Um, no, I'm shocked. No, he. Um, that's interesting that you bring that up because uh, he had a great job, and then you know he was a Nebraska guy, so he went there. But it's still, it's like that seems like a horrible move. Now have they had because a he was winning since games. he's gone there? <laughs> now I know it's been two years, and one of those I'm years is the pandemic year. But I don't know if he's had. A winning season either year. I remember he was one of the people that was like pressuring the Big Ten commissioner to come back last year, and they immediately lost like their first three to four games. So it doesn't look like, according to what I'm looking at, they haven't won a con or they haven't won a division since 2012, and that was under Bo Pelini in the Big Ten, and they haven't won a conference championship since 1999. So like I said, they haven't been good since at least 01. They haven't played in a bowl game since 2016, and that was the Music oh, any City Bowl. Any bowl game? 
No, not since 2016. Jeez. And they lost they lost that bowl game to Tennessee when they were ranked 24th in the nation. Oh, wow. Okay, so Scott Frost record since getting back to Nebraska. 4 and 8, 5 and 7, 3 and 5. 0 and 1 this year so far. So he has not had a winning record. He's not had a winning record since going back to Nebraska. Jeez. That yeah, last so year that's, at UCF, that was the big news so far. My um yeah, exactly. My uh Florida Atlantic Owls will start the season this week against Florida, so we'll bring you coverage of that next week. And my Miami Hurricanes um, will be kicking off against the Alabama Crimson Tide. All I want to do is Ooh, that'll be a good game. By less than whatever Ohio State lost by in the in the championship game. That's my only hope. That's my only hope. Well, speaking of only hope. Good job. Speaking of my only hope, Brennan, like I I, I don't remember if I brought it up yet or not. But soccer is kicked off in England, folks. And my Fulham Footy f- football club has not lost a game, baby. Oh, 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 we have not lost a game. Four straight <laughs> raffle, rat, rattling off four straight wins in league play. We have another win in the Carabao Cup. Uh, also, but the first game started off with a, a nil, a one-one draw, which was very upsetting because we should have actually won that game like three-zero. But I'm not going to complain here. Um, so yeah, we're looking good. Beat Stoke yesterday. We are the top of the division right now. We are putting our foot on the throat of the conference, basically, um, for you Americans to understand. Uh, so it's looking like a promotion type of season. Now, can we stay up when we get promoted? I sure as hell hope so, because I'm tired of yo-yoing up and down between the two leagues. But um, yeah, that's really shitty that when you guys get relegated, you like dominate. And then it's like, all right, now we're going with the big boys. Well, and it's like, yeah, you're getting relegated is, again. It's like, go fuck yourself. The interesting thing is the last two times we went up, we didn't dominate. The last two times we went up. So I think I've explained this before, but so in the second division, the first two teams get automatic bids. Both times we went up, we didn't get the automatic yeah. bids. We had to play in the playoffs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this time, if we were to get an automatic bid, that changes the outlook of the team and of the future because it's like now we feel like more so like we belong instead of it's a game of randomness. Even though we were the best team in yeah. both of those playoff runs, we were the third team. And before they introduced the playoffs, it was top three just automatically go. So we would have been an automatic team. But dominating the way we've been dominating these games. We had a 5-1 game. We had a 3-0 game yesterday against the number 2 team in the in the division. So just hell yeah. Just putting just squeezing the life out of the division and going up with a level of class and dominance will just have a completely different feel uh across. Um also in soccer news, Cristiano Ronaldo spurred uh, Uventus as well as Man City and he's going back to Man United where he started his uh, English soccer career because he's in Portugal before that um, so that's interesting news as well so that'll be fun to watch in the EPL Cristiano Ronaldo at 
the age of 37, still one of the best players in the in the country, in the world. Um, and also, be on the lookout. Kylian Mbappe looks like he's going to be leaving PSG before he ever gets to play with Messi, and he may be going to Real Madrid. So that'll also be very, look very out for that. interesting to keep an eye on, folks. He'll be playing, if he does go, with Eden Hazard, as well as some other very talented folks for that Joey Votto got a fucking run today. Um, it was very other talented players in trying to fight for the top of La Liga. Brennan is now nursing his dog. Oh, she's so cute, though. Look at her. Moving Next on. Topic. Speaking <laughs> of old, old things, um, Henrik Lundqvist announced his retirement from the NHL following um, heart surgery that he had this past year. Um, will be remembered as probably one of the all-time great goaltenders. Uh, a lot of outpouring of love and support. Signed with the Capitals, was never able to play, though, because of that heart surgery. Uh, what, what are you going to remember about Henrik? I'm going to remember Henrik Lundqvist getting the Rangers to the Stanley Cup Finals that one year. Because it was the one year it felt like James Dolan actually did something right in the world. Um, Henry Glundquist versus Jonathan Quick was one of the most electrifying matchups. Um, I think that was, I think it was, a, it went down to a game seven. It was such a great Stanley Cup final. And Henry Glundquist was, I mean, the Swede, it just, what's the word? Professionalism personified? That's not the word. Class personified, sorry. Yeah. He was class personified. He he was a cut above everybody else except Jonathan Quick in that series. Um, but yeah, no, just a, a stalwart in that New York market for 20 years, basically. You wish he would have got a chance to play with the Caps to see what it would have been, but um, didn't get that opportunity. But wish him all the health and, health and wealth and success going forward. Absolutely. Words can't be better said. Joe, next thing we're going to talk about, this is your wheelhouse. I'm going to let you take this away. Talk about health and wealth and going towards the future. So usually I recap a couple games from the W. This week, I'm going to recap a couple cool moments. So a moment that happened last week that I forgot to get to because it happened on the Sunday we were recording also. And I had, I was blitzed last week. Um, Elena Deladon finally made her return to the court after winning. Um, she hadn't played since 2019 when she helped the mystics win the championship. She sat out 20. She had it back in. She had a slip disc in that championship game. Um, also she sat out uh, last year because of that slip disc one, getting surgery on it and recovering from that. Also, she suffers from, I believe it's Lyme's disease. So, Lyme, yeah, Lyme's disease. So she didn't want to take, um, she didn't want to go into the bubble with that. Uh, no vaccine, no anything, you know, it was still Compromised fresh. immune system. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Compromised immune system. Everything was still fresh at that time. So she decided to take that year off and, you know, she finally worked her way back onto the court and she scored 16 in her first game and helped the Mystics. She has helped since helped the Mystics get into a position where they could get into the playoffs. Um, another really cool story is Angel McCutry, who once played for the Atlanta Dream, drafted by the Atlanta Dream. And then she left and went and played for, what's the team name? 
She went to play for the Vegas Aces, helped them Las get Vegas to the Vegas Aces. Yeah. She played wow. for the Vegas Aces. Wow, good job. I just that. guessed that. <laughs> she played for the Vegas Aces, got helped them get to the championship last year in the bubble. Right before the season started, she got hurt and has missed pretty much the entirety of the season. And she is close to returning, but not really able to play on a consistent basis. And this was going to be her first game back in Atlanta since. And Bill Lambeer checked her in for just a few seconds to get a standing ovation from the crowd. It was pretty great. It was a fantastic moment. You know, the fans could give back to somebody who gave them so much. She helped the dream get to two championships. Um, didn't win them, but they got to two championships and the teams hasn't been really the same since. So um, it was really cool to have those outpourings and that support and that those comebacks for both of those players. So I just wanted to highlight that. I can't believe I don't think you're giving me enough credit for getting that right. I've said the team the entirety the last two years. I hope you'd remember one team name. They're a really good team. Asia Wilson God, is a so, beast. Liz Cambridge is a beast. I'm so proud of myself. Kelsey Gray. Like, come on. Give me some names of players, Brennan. Welcome to the big leagues. That's our thing. I'm just going to start doing that. Like, what I mean, I do it already, but I'm also doing it more. <laughs> I took uh, Maya out to pee and poop right before we started recording, but she's crying as if she needs to go out again, which is not, that can't be the case. Anyway, walk off. Time for the walk off. Short essay portion. Joe has promised us some beautiful words this week. And since I hosted, I go last. So Joe, I'll shut up. Take it away. I don't know if they're beautiful. I just said I got some strong words. You know, I really dug my foot into this. So last week I teased uh, doing one on this whole taunting NFL rule and whatnot. And I actually I delivered on my promise, folks. This walk off is entitled Passion. Taunting is bad. At least that's what the NFL wants you to think. But this seemingly came out of nowhere. There hasn't been a rash of taunting penalties in the past few years. Matter of fact, since the league allows celebrations again, the numbers of penalty, the number of flags were cut down from 24 season between 2013 and 2018 to 10 last year and eight the year before that. Seems like they had already solved the problem by letting the players have fun. But in the Super Bowl, Antonio Winfield Jr. gave Tyreek the deuce. Deuce sign, peace sign, some would say. And he was flagged for it. But if you were to see this action in a vacuum, you would think that Winfield was one of those stereotypical showboaty DBs that kicks his enemies when they're down. But context is everything. During their Week 12 matchup, when Tyreek Hill was striding through the Bucks secondary like a gazelle, he threw up the deuce to Winfield and his fellow DBs. So Winfield was just giving Tyreek a little comeuppance. And we love that. Fans and owners complain that these overpaid athletes play a child's game and they don't care. They don't have enough passion for the sport. What is categorized, what some categorize as taunting, I categorize as passion. A bat flip, a first down signal, a fist pump, a flex, screaming after a big shot, 
All of these are displays of passions. Passions? Passion. When you grind at something day after day and you know someone else is working just as hard to stop you and you succeed despite their best effort, what is there not to celebrate at that moment? And if you are near and you if you are near my celebration, be damned because I've been running this 10-yard dig since I was in Peewee. I've been practicing my swing since T-ball. I've been practicing this fadeaway since rec ball. I've put years into this one moment and moments don't last forever. We tell people all the time to live in the moment, but we tell athletes, athletes who have made it their lives work to get here, to act like they've been here before. If every moment is new, they've never been here before. And what's wrong with a little shimmy? Just because your bad flip don't got no swag don't mean I shouldn't. If people spent more time working on their craft instead of policing others, maybe they'd have something worth celebrating. Boom! Don't drop it. That's a nice mic. I know. Um, I was going to. <laughs> that's good. I really enjoyed that, especially because my backflip has way more swag than your backflip. So. Your backflip does not have more swag than my backflip. Have you seen me backflip? That, that, <laughs> I'm throwing it to the stands. Have you seen me backflip? <laughs> Are you saying backflip or backflip? Um, backflip. I'm saying bat. Oh, no, I'm saying B-A-C-K. I'm saying B-A-T flip. like a baseball player, buddy. Oh, no. I was about to say, you can't you, pip you can a home run. Though, right? like I can pip a home run. I cannot backflip. No, I can't. I'm I can't even swing. I, I should have played Come baseball. On. I'm... Literally, a prototype. If you built it in a lab, first baseman, and I played football like an asshole. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Six one, two hundred thirty pounds. God, six foot two fifty. All right, Jesus Christ, I was built to be a DH. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking. What's his name? Uh, Miguel. Oh yeah, I'm Cabrera. shout out to Miguel Cabrera getting his 500th home run. Started with the Marlins, you know, in his first game ever for the Marlins, walk off home run, baby, boom, and in that season carried really? us. Yeah, that was his first walk off homer in his first. I remember career that season, yeah, ever, and that is the year we got to the World Series and we beat the New York Yankees. He was a 20 year old. God, how time flies. So my walk off is a little Speaking sad time uh, for me. This will uh, this will be the last time I uh, mention this player unless Please. it comes up organically. But I'm going to stop. It will talking not. about it. Well, after the shout out, I'll stop talking about it. Um, Why does he get a shout? <laughs> so my walk off is entitled. <laughs> my walk off, Joe. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Shut up. My walk off is entitled "Fun While It Lasted." When the Jags acquired Nick Foles a few years ago, it was a very exciting time to be an NFL fan. We knew we had bounced around. We knew he had bounced around the NFL, but Foles just won a Super Bowl and was named the MVP. It seems safe to say that he had finally found his groove. He was truly a starting NFL quarterback. My Jags made the move to acquire him in free agency, thinking this was going to be the final piece we need for a team that is a short time removed from competing for an AFC championship. But to once again, quote read from Shawshank Redemption, life is no fairy tale. After throwing a dime in the first series of the first game against the Kansas City Chiefs at home, Big Dick Nick went down with an injury. 
Enter Gardner Minshew II. Most of us knew very little about this plucky six-round pick out of Washington State. Some things with a quick Google search revealed he had traveled a long road, starting his college career at Northwest Mississippi Community College, then transferring to East Carolina University where he split time at quarterback, but started coming into his own. With his college career winding down, he was said to be interested in transferring to Alabama, becoming a graduate assistant under Nick Saban, and pursue a life as a coach. It is said that the pirate captain himself, Mike Leach, called Gardner and asked him, instead of sitting on your ass coaching, how would you like to lead the nation in passing yards? He ended up at Washington State University and did almost that, coming in second in the FBS for passing yards that season. Fast forward to his rookie NFL season where he never expected to play, or at least none of, ex- none of us expected to see him. He did play and played very well for a late round rookie. And the lore and rumors around him began. As Gardner led all NFL rookie quarterbacks in touchdowns versus interceptions, wins, and completion percentage, those rumors began snowballing. There was talk of him doing pregame stretches in the locker room and nothing but his jockstrap, how his dad's name isn't even Gardner, he just likes going by the second, how he once drank a fifth of whiskey and took a hammer to his non-throwing hand so he could medically white shirt and stay in college for an extra year, that he would walk around practice at Washington State with a pint of Crown Royal in his waistband so on and so forth. The one thing all these rumors solidified, true or false, is that Gardner Minshew II is truly Duval in every way, shape, and form of that trashy yet endearing city that I called home. It was Minshew magic that season, and he embraced it all the way. So did we. It was a blast. The Fu Manchu mustache, the long hair, the jean jackets, the just overall get her done kind of vibe. It was hard to describe, but I thought I was watching something historic in a way. This is a crazy underdog that is just a little trashy where it counts, has a fun, quirky outlook on life, but is all business when it comes to football, and he just might be a longtime starter. I admit, I looked a little too far ahead. Plenty of underrated late-round picks go on to have success. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, even the Jags' own beloved Mark Brunel was a late-round pick. So why not this guy? Crazier things have happened. For example, Tom Brady. And we knew he was not Brady, but maybe he could be something, a beacon of hope for the franchise. That was a fun season of dreams and hope and Minshew mania. Unfortunately, there's a reason late round draft picks standouts are the exception and not the rule because they are so rare and everything has to go exactly right. Long story short, they didn't. Garner beat out Foles for the starting job, but because of injuries, some of which he did not even disclose to the team, In poor overall team play, the Magic seemed to vanish over the course of one short offseason. Losing games like it was their job and mounting injuries left the Jags with the first overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. Looking out at the preseason games and seeing all the Trevor Lawrence jerseys and fun shirts and merch, it's hard to believe that even one short year ago, everyone had a Fu Manchu and was growing their hair out long to be more like Gardner. That time has seemingly been erased from history. Gardner is now gone, traded to Joe's Philadelphia Eagles. And the future looks bright for Lawrence. No matter what happens moving forward, I will never forget Minshew Mania and how much fun it was while it lasted. That's it. I'm done with the Gardner Minshew talk. Please and thank you, Jesus Christ. Never want to hear his name again. Oh my gosh. Well, when he starts for the Philadelphia Eagles, then we're going to have to talk about it. He will never start for the Philadelphia Eagles. He will never. (laughs) All right, moving on to the press conference for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Uh, 
I do love the fact that we record this because you're digging your heels in way too far on this. And then way when it does early. happen, I'm going to be like, way too early. Tape. I'm way Check too early. The but you know what? That's what fans are supposed never. to do. You will never start. You will never start again. <laughs> All of a sudden, Flacco gets hurt in preseason. And then Jalen's like, like teetering on like, uh, and, and everyone's he like, turns what into, about Garner? Uh, he won a couple games. He turns into Nick Foles, goes 27 and two. It's like, what the hell, man? Yeah, right. <laughs> All these fucking randos they put on the Eagles uni and they become fucking prolific for a year. All right, press conference. Joe, where can we find you at, man? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorva. You can check out, just go check out my website, joedorva.com. Um, I'm going to be releasing some new merch this Friday. Going to make a little teaser video for that to throw in our music uh, on there as well. Joe, uh, headphone Joe, no, oh, no, E in the phone. TV season one and two. Also, you can check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at Cheering Press. Spread it. Yes. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Brennan T comedy on all social media, Brennan T comedy.com. Check out. Yes, I do do comedy. That is my other thing. Check out my um, podcast, my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Have share fun stories with other comedians, actors, musicians, all sorts of people about uh, getting in trouble, doing drugs, drinking, all sorts Never of fun stuff. Chef, huh? Just had Samantha Ivy, TikTok famous Samantha Ivy on this past week. She's a hilarious comic. Um, Joe's been on there a bunch. So check that out. Also, BrennanTcomedy.com, October 7th, Broadway Comedy Club here in New York City. And that's about all she wrote. All right, Brennan, let's go get you to the basketball court. Remember, defense, pass it in hard screens, baby. Ball is life. That's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out to Philadelphia Eagle, Gardner Minshew. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Tears from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.